Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 827. We are the Fight Disciples. This one is dedicated to the world of boxing. Looking back at everything that happened at the weekend, just gone. Before we get stuck in, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. And you can also get us on our YouTube channel if you prefer to watch the show. Uh, Fight Disciples on YouTube. Go and get yourself stuck in. You'll be pleased to know that I've made it another weekend. That's right. Stover as a judge, ladies and gentlemen. January's still marching towards dryness. Um, I set myself a target, mate. I've got a I've got a football game coming up in March. Do you reckon I can make it? What? Do you reckon I can what do it March? What date in March? 21st, I think it is. It's like Works out about 100 days. Works out about 100 days. Another eight or nine weeks. <clears throat> do you reckon I could? To be fair... I don't. But then again, we're not scheduled to be together necessarily mm. prior to then. So you've got a fighting chance, I would have thought. There's no way in the world I'm spending time with you and you're not having a glass of wine or a beer. There's just no way on the planet that's happening. So I think we both know that. So as long are as you say, are you saying I'm boring without having a drink? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> like that character in Friends, what's his name? Fun Freddy or whatever, when he goes sober, he's boring as a judge. Yeah, that's you though. Uh, You're looking listen, well, though. You're looking healthy. Your nose isn't bad anymore. <laughs> Are you saying the cork habit's gone? Everybody's on to me for that, aren't they, eh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can I just clear up? I don't have a cork habit. People just make that shit up. Because I, I'm, what it is, I'm tight. I, I do this show out of my basement. This My studio is in the basement of my house, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm tight. I don't put the fucking eating on. I'm from the North, mate, right? We don't put the eating on at nine o'clock in the morning to make the show, do we? No, we put it on. The only time I put the eating on in my house is when other people are in the house, when the kids come home from school. I'd rather put an extra layer on, get a blanket on and all that type of, type of carry-on. That's the reason why my face is freezing. I'm shivering on the show. Tomorrow, I might even put a hat on and gloves to do the programme. That's how we're rolling, all right? There is no coke habit. I'm not in the snow. Just letting you know. <laughs> I thought okay, it was yeah. like a red wine nose. Don't you get a red nose when you drink too much red well, wine? Well, do you know something? That actually might be, be, be pushing it in that direction as well. I might have the old Alex Ferguson. All right? Yes. yes. That's what say. I mean. That's why you, you, you look, you're looking well. Because you haven't had a drink. For how many days? Sharp. 15 days? You've done two weeks. Congratulations. Yeah. I'll tell you what else I'm on as well. Um, have you ever had any... Uh, him Himalayan pink salt. Yes. You yeah, you're on it. You're snorting salt now, are you? Mate, I'm all over that. Jeez, mate, I'm feeling fresh as fuck. <laughs> so you've replaced table salt finally mm. in 2024 with Himalayan rock salt, which everybody else has been on for over a decade. No pink, the pink yeah, stuff. The pink stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! You put it on your food? Of course I do. No, mate, I drink it. You're drinking salt water? Yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. For hydration, my friend. Honestly, I'm feeling unreal. You should see some of the times I'm knocking out these 5Ks in now, sunshine. I reckon I could challenge more Farrah. I reckon I could have a go. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? You give up booze, you start eating a little bit healthier, you stop eating chocolate biscuits, and your performance all of a sudden starts to improve as well. It's, it's, 
Who knew? Who knew that them bottles of red wine were a hindrance to my athletic performance? Absolutely. I'm back, kids. I'm back in the game. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I'm in my thirties. How often are you? Uh, how often are you running? Uh, well, to be fair, mate, what are we? 40, what are, 15 days into the new year. So it's, it's nothing to really crow about, but uh, four times a week at the moment. Blasting out four times a week. I did. Uh, I felt like a fighter at the weekend. I did two running sessions on Saturday. You can tell how bored yeah. I am, can't you? <laughs> you, were down in, you were down in London then, was you? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, with yeah, no yeah. Other. So you ran, went running around London. Wow, insane. I can't run at the moment. I'm still struggling with my knees, so. I'm waiting to get my new knees, aren't I? Once I get my Robocop knees, kid, that's it. I'll be gone. I'll be dust. All, All in. All in. All in. Yeah, so I'm not playing footy or anything at the moment. My knees are that bad. The cold weather doesn't help. Getting old, you see. The old cold weather on the joints. Mate, don't be moaning about cold weather. Did you see the, that the Buffalo Bills game was postponed till later on this evening yeah. because of oh, snow in Buffalo? God, that weather was insane. Well, it looked Mate. like the weather in Quebec, didn't it? How can you play outside in weather like that? Absolutely mental. Yeah. Well, they did call it off because it was a hindrance to the players. It was a hindrance to the fans getting to the ground. That's that's why they postponed against it. Listen, everything's fine on the pitch. We'll play in this, no problem whatsoever. They postponed it because of uh, people getting to the ground. So it's on tonight. The wildcard game's on tonight against Pittsburgh Steelers. I tell you, I'm all in on this. I'm all in on the NFL. I'm getting loads of messages from uh, from other fellow fight disciples. Uh, that are also into NFL that follow various teams and whatever. Keep them coming, man. I'm I'm absolutely loving the uh, the wild card season. He's a 49ers fan, so leave him to I'm himself. Lo- yeah, I'm loving it until we get to the Super Bowl. Once once the 49ers get to the Super Bowl, then I'll be fully dialed in. We might even we might even do a especially if the 49ers get the Bills in the final. We'll we'll do a fight. We might even do a fight disciples special ep. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. It'll probably be 49ers and Ravens, but we'll have a go. We'll, we'll have, have a go. go. You never know. You never know. Yes. Uh, speaking of uh, snow, bloody hell, we started with snow, haven't we? All different aspects of snow on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and Quebec was littered with the stuff at the weekend, wasn't it? Jesus, sure was. Mary and Joseph. Uh, for, uh, how much abuse have you had um, over the last 24 48 hours, obviously being a scouser, picking a scouser in a fight, and the scouser not mm-hmm. winning the fight. It happens every single time to you, doesn't it, mate? I see it. I see the social media coming in thick and fast and yeah. on our joint account with Fight Disciples, and I look at it, I say, I'll leave that one for him. I'll, I'll let him go and get back, stuck back into that. I've had, a, I've had quite a few posts and DMs as well from Fight Disciples saying, Nick, man, whenever, why do you always let your heart rule your head when it comes to fight uh, scousers fighting? Uh, and, and then someone had messaged me to say, I had to check back over the last couple of years and you you more often than not get it wrong when and it's a scouser in the main event. What yeah. he was, I think what he was alluding to there when the big fights come around, obviously the close fights, I always go one way. And listen, obviously I've always I've always said I'll always be biased, especially towards a kid that I've known since before he was a teenager. Mate, no, tell them the truth, right? There is an unwritten rule in Liverpool, isn't there? You don't back against your own. Correct. Anybody, listen, I've, I've been lucky enough to have worked in that city. It's a very unique place. It really is. And they, they look after their own. Whether they think they are or they think they're not, they will always back one of their own. It's just the way it is. So whenever there's a scouser in a fight going forward, just listen to me, right? I'll, t- I'll <laughs> tell you. I'll tell you the crack. Yeah. And then truth. we could... Exactly. Let him do the event. Let him do that. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, in all seriousness, away from um, being a fellow scouser, there was plenty of people in the world of boxing oh, uh, yeah. that I respect their opinions yeah. on that were making legitimate arguments that Callum Smith could go to Quebec and beat Arthur Um, So you weren't on your own. And it wasn't just one of those going, oh, he's a scouser, I'm backing him. Well, we're talking about a former super middleweight world champion, number one in the division. Yes, he's stepping up. Okay, on the show last week, we absolutely did question resume. Has he been at this level before? Has he been in with this type of guy before? But skill-wise, when you actually brought down stylistically, 
the opportunities with that check left hook against that looping overhand right, you could make an argument for the possibility of it maybe happening. It turned out that it wasn't to be. Artem Pterbiev is from a fucking different planet. What a performance it was from him. He was magnificent. And and listen, and you're right. I think if you go back and watch Nick's picks, you might want to go back and, and watch it to have a laugh. But I love I think that. I, I love that. I love that you're referring to your own section on the on the site in the third person. Yeah. I like. I love it when people talk about themselves in the third person. If you go back there, that that analyst makes a fantastic point and brings yeah. up some real strong opinions on why potentially the challenger was going to cause an upset here. But you're right. I wasn't alone because I think a lot of people have seen Callum Smith for a number of years and realised that situation he went into with the Canelo fight and the circumstances were all wrong and he didn't do himself justice that night and was it in his fire and his belly to, you know, finally step up and produce a, a big career-defining performance in a fight like this against the guy that turns 39 in, what, seven, seven, eight days or whatever it is. I don't know why I looked at me watch there. I haven't got Paterbiev's like birthday <laughs> Got to send him a birthday card. There, there we yeah. go. Card for <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> but he's like, you know, Paterbiev turns 39 in seven days, eight days, whatever it may be. So like everything in, in, in professional sport, at some point people grow old. At some point, and, you know, we, we judge him off his last performance. Anthony Yard had had limited success in that fight once or twice. Did we see Paterbiev rocked on his heels, swallow a shot? I think we did. Obviously, when he put his foot down and the, the time was right, then Anthony Yard couldn't live with him. But it was that enough we've seen then? Was the 12 months in activity? Could it all just come together like lightning in a bottle for Callum Smith? I dared to dream. And yes, my scouse bias obviously came through a little bit. And I thought it made a real good... Uh, a real good... Uh, Statements arguments. and a, a, arguments as towards why it could be Callum Smith. And you're right, I certainly wasn't alone. Absolutely not. But Artur Batebiev is a very special fighter. And incredibly, at the age of 39, I thought he looked even better than he did against Anthony Yard. I thought at no point in this fight did Callum Smith, who was, you know, did occasionally land that check yeah. left hook, he did occasionally on right hands. You know, Callum, the difference here between Callum Smith against Canelo and Callum Smith against Paterbiev, chalk and cheese. Callum Smith went for it. Callum Smith tried to fight. Tried to win. With, with fire tried with to win. Fire, tried to win this fight every second of every round. He tried mm. to put a dent in Paterbiev. He tried to get some inroads. He won rounds here. You know, I think Callum Smith won a couple of rounds against Canelo. If you go back and watch the Canelo fight, I think it's like four, five, six, or five, six, seven, where Callum has limited success and probably wins them. But it's only because Canelo goes absolutely on the back foot to try and bring him out of his shell to open him back up again. When Canelo puts his foot down again, Callum goes back into just survival mode. This fight was different from the first bell until the fight was stopped. Callum Smith was trying to fight fire with fire. You can never knock a fighter for that. But the games are also about levels. What Arthur Batabiev proved on Saturday night is he's levels above Callum Smith. He's levels above every other light heavyweight on the planet. There's a conversation about this guy who we'll talk about in a minute. But for mm. me, that was Batabiev once again. And I've said it on here many times over the years. He's the best light heavyweight on the planet. And that's what the best light heavyweight on the planet does to number one contenders consecutively. That's what he does. He breaks them down. He figures them out. He smashes them to bits. He was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Brilliant from Buddy McGirt um, to obviously get up on the apron and, and stop the fight when he when he stopped the fight, having two knockdowns in that seventh round. Why didn't he just throw a, a towel? Like that, that, where's the towel? Yeah, why didn't why didn't he have a towel? Why would he just yeah. have a conversation with the doctor on the on the apron going, bah, bah, bah. I'll tell you what, I'll just get in and stop that it. It was weird, yeah, to throw a towel. Mm. Anyway. But it was the right decision because Callum obviously was willing to go on. He was up. He was corpus mentis. He was looking at the ref, got up at eight, ready to rock and roll. But listen, man, it was only going to end in one way. It was only going to end in a brutal fashion because Artur Paterbiev was in hunt mode, wasn't he? Um, and you're right in what you're saying. I thought early doors, first two rounds, I, th- I looked at it and I had it 1-1 after two rounds. And I, I thought, yeah. here we go. Go on then, lads. He's having a do. This is great. Yeah. But... As you've just said there, Artur Paterbiev, we're having none of it. He went, okay, you're hitting me back, are you? Right, you cheeky little bastard. Here we go, then. And from th- from for me, I give Callum one round. And um, 
and Artipaturbi have then just put his foot down and started gradually went, went through. And what I, what I mean when I say that is that every single round was competitive. Callum's yeah. having a go in every single round. But Artipaturbi, the thing that impressed me the most, I was lucky enough to be ringside when he fought Anthony Yard. I thought defensively in that particular fight, he was a bit open to be hit. Here in this fight, his head movement, his range, everything about defensively. I mean, we all know about his attack. He's he's very come forward. He smothers you. He's 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 punch output. He's obviously used of that jab. It's not a range finder that jab, man. That's a proper jab. He's out yeah. there trying to hurt you with a thing. Brilliant. Yeah. But what I found in the Anthony Yard fight, it was a little bit more hittable. And maybe that's because Anthony Yard on that particular night was fantastic. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. But I thought against Callum, defensively, he looked really sound. And he was very hard to get his grip, get a grip of, of which Callum found. Callum tried, tried everything. He tried his left up. He tried straight right. He tried one-two yeah. combinations. He tried to go on the body. But he saw it all coming. He stopped it all. And he just kept coming forward. And eventually, it just became a little bit too much uh, for Callum because Artur Baturbiev is on a level that, as you just said, there's maybe only one other guy that's on that level. Everybody else isn't there. They're just not. Yeah. We're talking about a very, very special fighter uh, who, as you just said, is about to turn 39. So let's make that fight as quick as we bloody possibly can. Well, the, the good thing about that fight, and we'll come back to that fight in a second, but the good thing about it was Uncle Turkey's post. Uncle Turkey posted straight away, like, oh, well, great. He, he wasn't sitting on the fence of who he wanted to win, know, was he? Exactly, Uncle yeah. Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, great, right, I can go to bed now. Fantastic. Like, he was over the moon. That's My man's won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite clearly, he's, he's got the cash on the table ready for Baterbiev versus Bivol. But just in terms of Baterbiev's performance, you're right, we know he's relentless. We know he's a massive puncher. We know he systematically breaks people down. He's not a one-punch knockout artist. He never has been. In fact, the big punch that I highlighted on Nick's picks um, is the one punch that does the damage. And it's that clubbing right hand which lands around the back of the ear when people are covering up. And that just shows the, the true power of the man. Okay, it's not necessarily time and the punch you don't see catches you on the chin and ices you like you see from likes of Anoue. It's that clubbing, just relentless, heavy bag style, boom, just chopping down a big oak tree. That's how he finishes everybody. And that's exactly how he finishes Callum Smith. But that only happens because of your the shots you're taking coming back. Either you've got a great chin or you're riding those shots, you're reading those shots. Those are the things that really impressed me when I, when I sat and studied the fight, certainly. I watched it live in bed and was like, oh, twat. Shit, I, I thought Callum won it. Because I, I thought Callum actually won round number six as well. Close, don't get me wrong, but I thought he just edged six. And I'm like, okay, coming back into it now, hopefully. But the, the problem is, even that round that he thought he just nicked, there was no point in that round or the previous five rounds going into round number seven. There was no point in the fight where it went, he's rocked him. Like in the yard fight, where, oh, he's caught him. Tabiev's going backwards. At no yeah. point did Tabiev go backwards. It was like, right, I know you've got to catch left hook, kid. Everyone's talking about it. Every single podcaster's talking about it. Every single member of the media, well, what are you going to do with that chip left hook? Sam, man, watch and see what I do with it. Tabiev had a game plan for that, and Callum landed it once or twice. But when he did, Tabiev knew it was coming. He read it. <clears throat> that was about footwork. That was about putting Callum into positions and having exit strategies. That was also about. And you're right to highlight it. The fucking jab on Batabiev was incredible. Incredible. Fast it was, and hard. The jab wasn't... Against Anthony Yard, it wasn't like that. See, against Anthony Yard, it wasn't the jab that dictated the fight. It was It was a different pattern in this fight. I don't know. And again, I, I don't want to blow smoke here. Maybe Batabiev looked at Callum Smith as being a bit more technical. I went to approaching it this way. Or oh, you're right. Maybe Anthony Yard figured out what Batabiev was doing, maybe at the yard, slipped that jab a bit more than Callum or whatever it may be. But I just thought, Batabiev on Saturday night, I'm watching him for seven rounds and I'm like, this is incredibly, incredibly high level stuff. This is like, you know, and I, I tweeted it, that was the one thing I tweeted in the middle of the night and I'm like, if you've not got Batabiev prominent on your pound for pound list, yeah. do you even watch boxing? Yeah, I think that performance <clears throat> absolutely for me assures assures me 
Daddy was, I, as you know, I've always had Batavia for going to Bivol. This is not a Johnny comes like, oh, here he goes. Nah, man, no, I have, always said Batavia was better than Bivol on the light heavyweight division. I always had Batavia above Bivol on the pound for pound list. But I think what he's done here, he's gone, he's top five pound for pound. I'm not going to break the three. I'm not going to break the Crawford Inoue, uh Usyk, Usyk top three, even though Usyk's performance last time out wasn't his best performance. But I'm definitely putting him in the top five. I'm definitely looking at the rest of those pound-for-pound pound rankings and going, yeah, he has achieved more and done more than Tiafimo Lopez. He has been far more destructive. Well, the other two are he- he- Haney and Canelo, isn't it? Haney. Is he above Haney and Canelo? Well, there you go. Is he above Haney, Canelo, Errol Spence? People are still putting Errol Spence up there. I don't no. know why. I think Ring Magazine still have Errol Spence at number no. four or number Haney, five. Haney and Canelo are the conversation. No idea. But for me, it's Haney and Canelo. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to take him in? Go on, in. Um, and and, and li- listen, it's difficult to put him abo- put him above Canelo, who dared to be great and fell short at light heavyweight. What the body work at middleweight and 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 super middleweight speaks for itself. Yeah. But for me, a guy that's undefeated, he's had twenty fights, twenty wins, twenty by knockouts. There's never yeah. been a question mark about. Uh, well, did he win that fight though? Did he come through that? Did he handpick that opponent? These have all been top contenders. It's Team Batavia for the last four years have been going, whenever you're ready, Bivol. Whenever you're ready, Bivol. And it's Bivol, that's Team Bivol. that has gone, well, there's a potential for a Canelo fight over here. And I'll be honest, as outstanding a boxer as Bivol is, and he is outstanding, a lot of his reputation's built off the Canelo win. A lot of his yeah. reputation, his legacy is defined by that Canelo win. Well, don't underestimate Canelo, Canelo, mate. Canelo's fucking mustard. Don't get me wrong. Canelo is mustard, but he's not a light heavyweight. He will never be a light heavyweight. Yeah, but Bivol's not a big light heavy, is he? He's a 168 squeeze going up to 175, really. Let's be no, dead. He's a, he's a natural 175 is what he is. But is a big one seven, is a big light heavy. But is a cruiser a that's dude. coming down. Don't get me wrong. But Bivol's a natural light heavy. Otherwise, he'd be either made super middleweight by now and rematch Canelo or whatever it may be. So, uh, listen, uh, the good thing is we're moving forward with that fight now, according to Uncle Turkey. And that, for me, becomes one of the super fights, the must-see fights, if it wasn't already, that we've got to get in 2024. Can the boxer outbox the banger? And can the banger, who at the weekend looked technically incredible, catch up with the boxer? I've said it all along. For me, Batabiev beats Bivol, stops Bivol. He's the best light heavyweight on the planet. Well, it's a proper conversation. Not on Saturday that made me think anything otherwise either. I'm like, yeah, well, exactly. Well, what I've, I've always been the other way. I've always been, I've always been Bivol um, regarding range control, shot selection. Just his feet are beautiful to watch. I think he's a sensational, sensational boxer. I always said that when he beat Canelo, it was nothing to do with size; it was to do with skill. He was too good for him. Yeah. Um, and the performance at the weekend from Amata Baturbiev absolutely raises questions in my own head, thinking, fucking hell, because you, you just referred to him as a banger there, right? I, I don't That's see it. him as that. Yeah, I, I see him as a very technically astute, very technically sound fighter, one that showed me really good defensive skills at the weekend, but also has this high output rate, which is very, very difficult to get away from if you, can't, if you don't have a crack. If you can't deter that, you're in a lot of trouble because it's a concrete blanket and you're working at a pace that you don't necessarily want to work at, which then obviously creates the conversation of maybe I'm wrong because I've always thought Bivol would be too slick for him. I've always thought that Bivol, I didn't, I never thought that Bivol would stop him, but I've always thought that Bivol could outbox him, navigate the fight, lateral movement. Hang on a minute. This kid's got lateral movement. He's got wicked feet and he's, he's very technically sound. And of course, he obviously hits bloody hard as well. Two lads with sensational jabs, sensational jabs. Yeah. One just might be a bit more thudding than the other, which could be the determining factor of the fight. It is, as you just said, and I made it in the video a couple of weeks ago, outside of the heavyweight division, there's a few fights that you absolutely highlight that have to happen in 2024. I said Canelo versus Benavides has to be one at 168. There's a couple in and around that 135 through to 147 division that everybody's excited about. Haney, Tiafimo Lopez would be awesome, wouldn't it? You know? yeah. But the big one, 
light heavyweight. We've talked about it for years. Baturbia Bivol has to happen. And listen, as you as you keep referring to him as Uncle Turkey, if he's online saying, go to bed now, I've got the cash, I'll see you soon, lads. Yeah, it, It's happening, isn't it? We just need a date. We know where the location is. Just send us a date and we will all be there. We are popcorn ready to rock and roll because that is a super fight. Yeah, you're right. It's the it's the punches and bunches that he throws are so heavy handed. Oh, when you when you watch him, <clears throat> obviously you can draw comparisons with other fighters that use their footwork to make sure that opponents fighting. You know, Usyk is a master at it. Lomachenko is a master at it. You know, you're always in range. So your opponents, for instance, Callum Smith at the weekend. Callum Smith from the first bells in fifth gear. He's throwing fucking tons of shots. He's trying to keep them off. He's trying to set up that catch left hook. He's going to the body. He's going to the head. Like Callum threw the kitchen sink at it. You can never criticize a fighter for throwing the kitchen sink at it. The problem is, Baterbiev is systematically catching shots and landing. Unlike Usyk, who will sacrifice rounds to go, go on then, let's see this. Go on then, let's see that. Right, what you do when I do this? Oh, okay, you do that. Just check it. You do, right, you definitely do that then. You always go this way. But ABF's different, but ABF stays in range, so you've got to work. But he's working as well. He's throwing three and four punch combinations. He's he's already trying to hit, yeah. And you're trying to fight him off, get a bit of space to get a bit of breathing room. He's putting the pressure on you, and he's unloading, and he's throwing shots, and he's catching you. And again, quite a few people message me going, oh, them rabbit punches needs calling out. <laughs> it's a fight. What do you expect? If you're going to cover up Put your head down when a big right hand comes in. It's going to clip you around the back of the head. I've got no issue with Batabiev and this, the rabbit punches and all this. And the other conversation, people going, ah, he's a drug cheat. Let's just refer to that because I picked up on this when I did Nick's picks on Friday. It broke in the early hours of Friday morning prior to the weigh-ins. So Batabiev on the first week in December, December the 8th, I think it was, reported a, wasn't it adverse finding, was it? it was atypical. A, atypical finding in his bar, the test relating to testosterone and whatever. And Kevin Ioli broke it uh, Jordan fight, or on the Friday or the Thursday night, the Friday morning, basically saying there's an atypical test. Subsequent tests have shown nothing, blah, blah, blah. And you think, well, why has that become the news agenda? Why has that become yeah. the storyline? Who's told Who Kevin Ioli? Who's, Who's told Kevin Ioli from Varda? I'm guessing it wasn't. Wasn't Patebiev's team? I'm guessing at this point, Calum Smith's team wouldn't have known because it wasn't a it wasn't a positive test. So they, they would have got they would have been informed. Any all Vada testing, they would have been informed of any of the results. If you're connected to a fight, you you you're informed of the results, aren't you? So at that point, who lets Kevin I? Because if that's the case, then the the result was probably given around Christmas, post Christmas time. If he was tested on December the eighth. So why didn't the story break then if Callum Smith's team or Eddie Aim was told then or Paul Reddy, that whole team behind him was going, listen, just to let you know, there's an atypical test result. We've tested them since. That's been negative. Why, why did the story only break the morning of the weigh-ins? That's what, and, and more to the point, if it's atypical, like I quoted a statement from the, the, the head of VADA and the doctor, and she basically said, listen, this shit happens all the time. It's yeah. atypical. It can relate to X, Y, and Z. It's not a positive test. There's right. absolutely no issue whatsoever. So why? I just don't understand why it became a, a yeah, talking point on Friday morning. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but all it did was, let's be honest, if it was to get into Batabiev's head, you just pissed I him off. Batabiev going, well, you cheeky fuckers think I'm a drug cheat. Right, okay, I'll show you. And I'm like, you rattled the cage before the fucking fight's even started. You poked yeah. the angry bear. Before the fight even started, and to be fair, Callum Smith, I think he, someone referenced it, and Callum was like, "Whatever, man, I, you know, I don't think that." But there was enough noise about it that Patabia was like, "Oh, they're saying a drug cheat, right? Okay, I'll show you." And I was like, "Oh my god, fucking hell, weird, yeah, weird set of circumstances." But again, that should not that shouldn't take away from Patabia's performance. There's, it's incredible that a guy who's it doesn't take any it doesn't take anything away from the performance. Like you said, it's an atypical finding. These things happen all the time. Raised levels of HGH happen all the time. They happen naturally in your own body. You could do it. You go exercising right now. You will raise the level of HGH. Your body might spike this much. It might spike that much. Nobody knows until you go and get tested about it. Stress brings on le uh, high levels of HGH. Intermittent fasting. So if you're going through your January 
window now where you're doing your dry January, intermittent fasting might raise your levels of HGH. That would nobody knows. What happens is there is a protocol for an atypical finding. Everybody knows this in boxing. And this is what I found incredibly hypocritical last week, yeah. listening to people talking about this and making reference to this particular situation. More needs to be done on it. Well, there is a protocol for it. And he went through the protocol. He, he received his results back with a spike in HDH, I think in the first week of December, as you just highlighted there. He then had two further tests for urine, two further tests for blood, of which came back and said, oh, the levels have gone back now. It must have been a spike. So it's an atypical finding. Not a pass, not a, not a fail. But then what happens is, is that when you do flag like that, you retest twice blood, twice urine in this case, and then we move on. Why is that a story in fight week? Well, we know why it's a story in fight week. You're trying to cause havoc, aren't you? Simple. Well, it, it, it did nothing but antagonise the bear. Exactly. You're right, though, because there's a situation when you have a when you have a urine test. <clears throat> if you trained or if you've had a big meal and then you have a urine test, your urine's full of protein. Now, to get a boxing licence, you can't have protein in your urine over a certain extent because it could indicate some kind of performance enhancing drug masking or the the after effects of would be a, a, a quantity of protein in your pee and everything else. Do you know what you get around it? Drinking water. You drink yeah, like a couple out. of liters of water, you can flush it out. You pl flush the protein out of your eyes. <clears> so <throat> again, it, it was just weird that that became the storyline Friday morning of the weigh-ins. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's nothing to report. We've just been told by the head of VAR that, yeah, this happens all the time. What, what, what are we talking about here? So <clears throat> that was strange, but I've just seen one or two post-fight go, yeah, like a couple of guys messaged me when I said, mate, pound for pound, we're the best on the planet. People sending me syringes and that going, well, it is what it is. And I'm like, come on, man, for fuck's sake. He hasn't failed the test. Right? Exactly, exactly. So uh, anyway. But anyway. Listen, what, we, we'll, let's, let's park. Where does, it, where, where, does this, where does this leave, Callum Smith? Bingo. This is the conversation we need to come on to now because Callum Smith is 29 and two in his professional career. He was the ring magazine, super middleweight world. Number one at a stage. He has been a world champion, world boxing series winner, you know, for what it, I've never known anyone else to win a WBC diamond belt. So I don't know what that's worth in the grand scheme of things, but you know, he's achieved probably everything he set out to do. He had two cracks at the top of the very, very top of the tree. And he fell short on both occasions. He's got a, he's got a real strong excuse for the first time. And he feels like he let himself down, but he had to do it under ridiculous circumstances. Five weeks notice in lockdown, no sparring partners available. The gym was closed, all that bollocks. There was no excuse this time. This was the best version of Callum Smith. He had 17 months to prepare. He had, yeah, 17 months to prepare. He knew exactly what he was getting into. He had a game plan, but he went in there with one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet once again and was found wanting. When he gets home now, when he recovers, when he looks in the mirror, when he, and it was nice when he said afterwards, I believed I was the best light heavyweight on the planet. I'm not. And that it's going to take some time to swallow. Obviously, historically, when he looks back, he'll probably be like, what a career, man. He's earned an absolute fortune from Ooh. big fights in the World Boxing Super Series. It was called the World Boxing Super Series, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. From this, Jonas Creed's had big fights for big money and earned a fortune. So he could ride off into the sunset now, especially because he lives at home. Money goes a long way this side of uh, when you don't live in a, a London postcode. And he could have a, a beautiful life with his young family. And he's got no more questions to answer. The question, the only question now with Callum Smith is, is there still a fire inside and burning to want to compete? Because if he does, and I hope he does, because it sets up some wicked domestic fights, I would love to see him fight Anthony Yard. I would love to see him fight the winner of Aziz versus Buatzi. I would love to see those guys get it on. Let's find out who the best light heavyweight in Britain is. That would be amazing. But it is what it is for Callum Smith. That's a step back down. He thought yeah. he was going to be here. He thought his career was going to end at the top. What is the point of coming back down? Is it because you think, well, I'll come back down, prove I'm the best in Britain over the next 18 months. By then, Batebiev, if he's beaten Bivol or hasn't, he's probably going to retire. That will leave either Bivol or that might leave Bivol going after the... It might fragment all the belts. And then we have this late end of career type of... Uh, 
Collins, Ben, Eubank situation where you've got four to five top light heavyweights in Britain fighting it out for world titles. Callum Smith again could be back to the top of the tree fighting in arenas. That's all coulda, woulda, shoulda. No one can answer that question except Callum Smith right now. I would love to see that. But when when you've achieved what he has, been to the top of the tree like he has, can he... Is he willing to put the sacrifices in and the work in to come back to a domestic level with the hopes of maybe getting back to the top of the tree at the age of 33? He's been bocked, don't forget. I've known Callum since he was in schoolboy shorts, since he was a little kid. This has been his life for, he's 33 now, over 20 years, maybe 25 years he's been boxing. Has he still got the thirst to keep going? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the key question, man. Yeah, and time will give us that answer. From an observer, he's far from done. There's plenty more to offer if he wants to go and offer it. It's a case of that mentality of having to step back down. Not step back down just necessarily in competition, but also from an earning potential. As you've just pointed out, he's made big dough, mate. Big, big dough. This is a dangerous game. What is the point in going back in there for money that you don't necessarily need? Obviously, everybody needs more money, don't they? But you don't necessarily need it. Um it's all going to come down to thirst of competition and what you want to achieve. You've been world champion. You've been British champion, all, European, all this. You've done all that. You've done it all. Are you bothered? That's the key question, isn't it? Are you bothered? Personally, I look at it and I think you've nothing to prove. No. Why do it? Um, but because of his age, 33 coming into 34, he's, he's still probably got another two really, really good years ahead of him. Yeah. And in that two-year window, those belts will be fragmented. Exactly. And he's at the top of the tree. So there is an opportunity to, to become that two-weight world champion still. That, that would be the thing that would drive me still, given what we were saying last week. <clears throat> Natasha Jonas, two-weight world champion from Liverpool. Paul Butler, I know it's Ellesmere Port. Two-weight world champion from Ellesmere Port. But there's not been one from the heart of Liverpool ever he's still got the opportunity to be able to do that, to become a two-weight, yeah. legit world champion from Liverpool. So there's still a little bit of extra history that he could create, but only if he's bothered. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised, mate, if he just went, I had a go, guys, and I'm leaving after fighting one of the very best to ever do it. So fair play. Yeah. Yeah, uh, listen, from a, from a fan From a fan point of view, I, fan point of view. Fun. Yeah, yeah, sir. I think Buatzi, Aziz, Yard, Callum Smith. Come on, there's a real super hot light heavyweight team mate, domestically if we can keep mate, them motivated. Also, also Bivol. Bivol's still going to be around at a, a similar age, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't, if, if, if Callum Smith stays around, he beat, let's say he beats Yard and he beats a Buatzi, you're not going to argue about him fighting Bivol again. But again, no. but you're not going to argue about, about him fighting Bivol then for a world title, are you? No. It's a quality fight still. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, 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 I get it. As you say, right now, he's going to be staring into the abyss and he's going to feel like his world's collapsed on him. But when the smoke clears, um, he'll realise that there's still big fights out there. The problem is, these aren't big. These aren't him versus Yard, him versus Buati Aziz winner, him versus whoever. These aren't necessarily fights that are going to, you know, see Uncle Turkey reaching for the checkbook. No, Uncle that's Turkey what I mean. It's a lot less dough. It's a lot less dough, mate. You've got to come back and be prepared to go, right, I'm going to have, I'm going to, have to come through tough domestic fight. Also, right now, you know, regardless of getting beat by the best light heavyweight on the planet, I think most people out of all the light heavyweights would still rank Callum Smith at the top of the light heavyweight tree. Would they? Would they? Over Anthony Yard, given the fact that Anthony Yard put that performance in against Baturbiev? Yeah, but he still got stopped as well. They both got stopped by Batabiev to say, oh, Anthony Yard rocked Batabiev once or twice. Well, Cam Smith probably won a couple of rounds against Batabiev as well. I, was I one... think the light heavyweight conversation is open, mate. I do. I do. I think it's open. But I think if you sat down right now and ranked them, ranked them one to five, you know, or one to ten or whatever, throw, you know, throw Lyndon Arthur in there and all those guys. Ranked them once. I think most people are still putting Cam Smith top of the tree. Guy's been a world champion in the weight division below. Yeah, that's not like heavy. I know, but he, he's been a world champion. None of the other guys have been a world champion. You guys have fought for world titles and come short. 
Craig Richards did well. Anthony Yard did well twice. But they've still fallen short. They've never crossed the line. They've never achieved what Callum Smith has achieved. So At super middle. At, I, I, again, at super middle. But still, it's money in the bank. They've never been there. Callum Smith's been yeah, but you're, you're, you're asking to rate the best light heavy. Of course. I think Craig, you don't get credit it, from super middle. Of course you do. You get credit from your career. What brought you to this point? What okay. body of work have you done to bring you to the... The good thing is, I agree with you. There's a, there's a real conversation now. Like, first, when I woke up Sunday morning, properly after watching it in the middle of the night, I went down to watch it and knew what was happening. I'm sitting there thinking, obviously, I know what's next for Batabiev, Uncle Turkey, fantastic, brilliant. What is next for Callum? And I'm like, mm. I need to see Yard. Both have fought Batabiev and both have fallen short. I want to see Calm Smith fight Anthony Yard at the O2 in London, let's find out who the best light heavyweight in Britain is. Oh, and by the yeah. way, whoever wins that, Buati Aziz winner standing right there, they're going to fight the winner. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah, fair enough. The problem is, while I'm fascinated by that, and while I want to see Callum. that and I would pay yeah, good Callum. money, it's Callum Smith motivated to potentially, at this stage of his career, when maybe when he is slowing down, maybe when the hunger has gone a little bit, he's going to hand Anthony Yard the opportunity to take his reputation, if you like, and add, Anthony Yard add to his own legacy by going, boom, well, I did Carl Smith. I was the best of my era. Does Amir Khan look back and regret giving Kel Brook the chance to go, boom, see you, kid, I'd have beat you all along. So, uh, Smith Yard is brilliant. I love it. Smith Yard's a sensational fight. Sensational. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'll tell you what else was brilliant, mate. Jason Maloney and Sal Sanchez. Um... Delta. We did say, listen, given what we've seen since in New Way, Jason Maloney, he's a little bit more cautious. <laughs> Weren't fucking cautious in this, were he? A uh, little bit more cautious. So we kind of said this fight is going to go the distance. He's a, a very talented boxer, Jason Maloney. Sal Sanchez doesn't necessarily have the knockout power to put him over. So we were saying you're going to get 12 rounds here. Um, and then it might be a bit of a standoff. It might be a bit technical, but Jason Maloney, I think, will come through. Jason Maloney did come through, but it wasn't fucking a standoff. Jesus Christ, this and just belted the shit out of each other for the whole duration of the fight. Contenders here for rounds of the year. It's obviously, I know we're only in January. It's, it's the best fight that we've seen so far this year, and it's gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna need something special uh, to take the mantle off it because it was absolutely brilliant. I agree with the decision. I think Jason Maloney. Did do enough. I had it 7-5. But Sal Sanchez absolutely gave it everything. He gave it everything he had in order to try and become world champion. He just fell short. Did you have it 5-5 going into the championship rounds? I did. I Where did I have it? I I definitely had it 4-4. I I thought in and around 9, 10, 11 is when Jason Maloney just took it. And maybe 12 was tight as fuck. But 9, 10, 11... Is where I would say he's just swung it in his direction there because it was neck and neck, man. Yeah, I listen. I had at the end of round ten. I was like, I've got this five five. I've got. I went back and watched it and scored it and was like, I, I have got this five five. Holy shit! And then I just thought Jason Maloney did enough in it. Certainly won eleven and did enough in twelve yeah. to, he wins to keep 11, hold yeah. of his belts. That's what champions do, man. Champions dig in. Champions, you know, when the backs against the wall. They uh they they fucking turn up in the championship rounds and I thought that's exactly what Jason Maloney did. I think Sanchez gave it one hell of a go. The best thing about it is you go, okay, Maloney's won the first. Oh, Sanchez won the second. Oh, Maloney's won the third. Oh, Sanchez won the fourth. <laughs> you I go, like, I go. Yeah, it was basketball, tremendous. man. It was mega. Yeah. You win around, I win around. You win around, I win around. Then it I think it was Maloney won two. Then Sanchez won two, and I was like, this is mega. Uh, so yeah, I just thought for me, it came down to the championship rounds. That's when Jason Maloney proved his metal. One, one big in 11, done enough in 12. What a fight, mate. And listen, it was a great fight. It's the fight of the year so far, completely. <laughs> but we've got a long, long way to go. It was just shy of a couple of knockdowns, a couple of knockdowns. So we could have been yeah. standing on the precipice of best fight of the year in the first two weeks of January. So, but yeah, very good. Very good. What do you make of Mbele? Uh, I thought he looked solid. He looked raw as a nice, nice, listen, nice retirement. Got the guy to quit. Um, 
I think rocking the mic and asking for Canelo in the aftermath is a bit mental. <laughs> you ain't on that Canelo yeah. radar, kid. And ask. Yeah, shoot for the moon, innit? Shoot for the moon. Yeah. I think um, he's. I think he's. I think against the big boys, he's a bit wide open, isn't he? He's, he's yeah, like you just said, he's, raw, he's a bit wing, he's a bit wingy. Um, but fuck it, man. You put in a performance like that, you're on a card like this, shoot for the moon. Who knows? Who knows where it's going to go? If you don't ask, you don't get fed, do you? Uh, yeah, I thought yeah. he was solid enough. But Jason Maloney... Just, uh, just compare, compare him to somebody like uh, Diego Pacheco. Pacheco yeah. just would take him apart, with all due respect to and Billy. Technically too sound. Yeah. Uh, Maloney and Sanchez... Great fight. If you've not seen that, go and try and find it because it's uh, 12 rounds of absolute mayhem. It was on Sky. It should be able to replay it. It was only on Sky Sports. That was the, the other good thing about this. Yeah, a lot people of the... might have just tuned in for the main event. That's all. I'm, I'm just oh, saying, sorry. If, you yeah, yeah. Watch, if you didn't watch the co-main, go, yeah. go, go back. The co-main's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people were... Uh, I was telling everyone about this fight, obviously, Saturday morning. I was selling everyone at the kids' football. Listen, I've just done my preview. I'm all fired up. Callum's, Callum's got it in his locker. Put a fiver on it. But... Uh, so, yeah, but they were all like, oh, it's on Sky. It's not even pay-per-view. Fantastic. So, hopefully it's done good numbers. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, it, mate, you're leading me in nicely here. Do you think Joshua and Ngannou will do good numbers, seeing as that it's yeah, press yeah. conference there today? I'm sure that uh, your uh, social media feeds and your YouTube uh, allotted channels that you, that you go to for your boxing content are going to be rife with Anthony Joshua and Francis Ngannou press conference stuff today because it's all taking place uh, in London. The showdown uh, for March. Could be interesting. I can't see trash talk, mate. I can't see any of it. I think they're both very respectful. They'll be yeah. sound lads. They won't give too many sound bites away. They will. It'll. I disagree. Do you reckon they'll have a go at each other? I, d- I disagree. Yeah, I think Francis has got a has got violence in mind, and I think Francis is going to be like, "I proved to you that I can outbox the best boxer in the division. Now I'm going to prove to you how I can knock out the uh, the the guy in the division, the money guy in the division." I reckon Francis is going to turn up and be like, "I'm going to knock you clean the fuck out. You ain't here the judges' belt." Honestly, I think Francis is going to be like, "The judges robbed me once; they won't get the chance to rob me again. This guy's getting knocked out." And I think AJ in on home turf in London with his boys and everything around him. I think AJ is going to bite back and be like, "You want to bet? I'll knock you the fuck out." And I think, "Woo! We're going to get a little bit of deuce, a little bit of deuce." I'm looking forward. To I, it. it is uh, is my tip, yeah. At the end of the, because we've just had um, the Ring Magazine Fighters of the Year awards and all that type of stuff, aren't we? And when people are making their uh, Fighter of the Year predictions, the Fighter of the Year. This year will be the winner of this fight because they will go on to do other things. Wow, that's a bold statement, mate. That's I've got, I've got, I've, I've got, a, I've got a good feeling about Anthony Joshua at the moment. Good feeling, I Me think too. Completely, I think Anthony Joshua can go on to become the fighter of the year this year. Well, you know how he does that. What you're alluding yeah. to is as long yeah, as AJ comes against Nganu, I'm not saying AJ, it. AJ knocks out Fury, is what you're saying. That's what you just said. <laughs> no, I said he could be the fighter of the, 15, of the year. Plenty of ways to become fighter of the year. Plenty of ways. just tipped Anthony no, he hasn't. to knock no, he hasn't. out Tyson Fury at the he end has of the not. year. He has not. Wait till November for that prediction. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes, I, I think it's going to be an entertaining presser, as I say. I think, uh, I think Nganu... Especially from his UFC days, I think he realizes that he is still a bit like the circus act and he has to come in and generate headlines. And I think he truly believes now, after outboxing Tyson Fury and getting done on the scorecards, I think he's motivated and he believes, like a lot of us believe for a couple of years, that AJ's a little bit brittle around the chin and lacks a bit of confidence. The problem is, I think Ngannou's 18 months late. I think 18 yeah. months ago, Ngannou might have had a point. I think yeah. right now, I think AJ's in a different headspace, man. Obviously, you've got to credit a lot of that, not only with AJ, but certainly with Ben Davidson, because he just looks like he's turned the corner. And he looks like, to me, he's a little bit of a different animal. Once again, you've got AJ that's a little bit cocky, a little bit of sure of himself. He's wiped a couple of guys out now, big guys, decent level. 
And he's like, right, okay, feed me this guy, this complete novice that Tyson Fury got off the couch and almost got beat by. Did get beat by in my eyes. Okay, watch this. I'll show you what a mixed martial artist, I'll, I'll expose the lack of ability from a mixed martial artist in a ring with a genuine former Olympic gold medalist and two-time world champion. You wait and see this statement. That's why they picked the fight. That's why this fight always makes sense. As soon as Nganu pushed Fury the way he did, he became the golden ticket in the heavyweight division to, for, to cement a shot at Fury. And I think AJ goes into this fight massively confident and knowing full well, this guy can't live with me in a boxing match. And that's what it's going to be, a boxing match. Not a tough guy contest, a boxing match. And when he starts tiring, I will nail him. Both these guys going into this fight convinced of knocking the other guy out. That's why I think the press is going to be funny because they're going to try and get into each other's into each other's headspace. Looking forward to it. That's all on this afternoon, so I've no doubt you'll be uh, all over that as it all plays out in London. Uh, any more for any more? You done? All done. All done. All done. Um, Excited for a busy week. I know you've got a big interview for us this week for the show. We've got our previews coming up late in the week. Michaela Meyer. Tasha Jonas goes yep. down in Liverpool. We're going to both going to be ringside there if anyone's going to be in Liverpool. Keep an eye out for the Thursday show. And maybe I'll, maybe you know what, maybe I'll, for next picks on Friday, maybe I'll do something from the undercard instead. Get away from that Scouse bias. <laughs> on that As you know, I'm tipping Tasha. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, thank you very much for tuning in to us. You can uh, listen to our podcast weekly. Uh, if you want to subscribe, that would be lovely if you did. Fightdisciples.com is our website. Get yourself on there and get yourself stuck into uh, any of the audio feeds that we do provide. Uh, you can also watch us on YouTube. So if you do just listen to us audio-wise, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube because it just boosts uh, our visibility with other fight fans that might want to come along and go, do you know something? I'll give these guys a try. Uh, fight disciples is what you're looking for on youtube hit the subscribe button you can also interact with us get involved in the comments call us bias call us whatever you want job rates in it bit of fun uh, anyway thank you very much for tuning in we'll catch you next time thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via itunes